Welcome to The Ether. Today is Friday, April 22nd, 2022. This episode of The Ether is brought to you by Orbital Command. Have you heard of TDX? Listen, Orbital Command is putting together the TerraDAP Expo on June 9th and 10th in Austin, Texas. Not Boston. I know, that's what I thought. Austin. Austin, Texas. Come get doxed IRL and share merriments with all of your favorite fellow lunatics and lunatics. For more information, go to TerraDapExpo.com or hit the menu item on the site right here on TerraSpaces.org. And as always, be sure to check out Orbital Command online at OrbitalCommand.io. TerraSpaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. Today on the Ether, the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Aperture Finance. Let's take a listen. Openings don't always go smoothly. That's okay. We just adapt and overcome. We will have the next... 55 minutes to pick the brains of McDavid behind Aperture Finance. I'd be curious to see if anyone here is already using it. Maybe drop a love heart in the comments if you are already using Aperture Finance. I can see McDavid's jumped on. I'll bring him on to speak while I'm looking out for love hearts. I didn't know it was live already, to be quite honest. Is it? Yeah, it's very it's very peculiar because it is, it's been scheduled. There's been multiple posts. There's, I just tweeted out that it's live. For some reason, the space is on Orbital Command. Each time I've been posting them up, the last two or three uh, spaces have not been appearing on the main page, which is really odd. So anyway, uh, we're going to overcome that in a moment. I can see David's up here now. Hello. hello. Can you hear us loud and clear, mate? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, we can. Hey, thanks for jumping on. And apologies for any confusion. It's, I was just saying to Rebel, something seems to be going on where the uh spaces it is good to have you here yeah happy to be here fantastic so look here's a simple format for the next 53 minutes we'll have a conversation um to start it off you know i'll get you to do a little bit of an introduction about who you are a bit about uh the project itself and what you're up to and then we'll go into a bit of uh questioning over the next sort of 20 minutes from myself and, and rebel and then we'll open up the floor for anyone who wants to jump in and ask some questions of their own does that sound pretty good with you yeah, sounds good. I didn't realize this was such a hot seat. Exciting, though. <laughs> <laughs> what, what time is it where you are? Uh, it's like 1.07 p.m. I'm in San Francisco. Okay, fantastic. Well, you passed the first question with flying colors. You, you seem alert. You seem awake and ready to rock and roll. Um, so, look, let's do this. For anyone that may be on the call who's not already familiar with Aperture, um, can you fill us in a little bit about, you know, what Aperture actually is, you know, what are the origins of Aperture? Where did the idea stem from? Um, when did the build start? Just a few details of that nature would be great. Yeah, happy to share. So Aperture, like super high level. Um, it's a marketplace, a cross-chain marketplace uh, for yield strategies. 
Um, and kind of our core belief is that these all these strategies should be one-click execution and maintenance. Um, and we're also, we tend to focus on strategies that are quite complicated to execute manually, not impossible to execute manually, but something that is greatly aided by the use of like bots and automation. Um, and yeah, so the first strategy we've launched, kind of our flagship at the moment, is the Delta Neutral strategy on Anchor Mirror. Um, this is a strategy that got popular like last summer, summer 2021. Um, in the Anchor Mirror world, um, there were lots of YouTubers like Donku and like the Terabytes podcast people were starting to like talk about this strategy. And the kind of high-level overview of what happens is, so if you're not familiar with, I assume everyone here is familiar with Anchor and Mirror, but if not, um, obviously Anchor has Anchor Earn. Um, you can use um, Anchor Earn to set up a collateral position um, on Mirror to mint a synthetic asset, like a synthetic stock token like Netflix or Apple stock. Uh, and the kind of cool thing you can do is you can do this delta neutral position, meaning you don't care which way the underlying price of that asset moves, like the synthetic Netflix stock, because you simultaneously have a long position and a short position that are equal in amounts. Um, but what you are able to do is you're able to basically farm both the, the, there's a long farm and a short farm, and as well, your collateral and anchor are all going to earn interest. And in effect, what this does is um, it gives you the ability to open up like a, a leveraged position that's about as safe as anchor earn. Um, of course, there's obviously risk with adding in another protocol component being near. But relatively speaking, um, you know, we have pretty robust uh, controller that checks for liquidation risk and will adjust the long position or the short position as those underlying asset prices move. But in essence, you're kind of kept built in neutral indefinitely. Um, and so as a result, this strategy is pretty attractive and it can get you like 30 to 40% APR. Um, and recently, the calculator guy, even he posted a, a tweet with kind of like a, a calculator showing at what point, after how many days of holding one of these positions, you'll be making more than you would if you had just kept it in anchor earn. Um, so I encourage everyone to check that out if they're kind of interested in comparing the two side by side. But yeah, this really is it's a great strategy um, to kind of upgrade some of your, your anchor earn. Um, holdings to get an you know additional APR, and yeah, that's kind of high level of the Delta initial strategy. As far as the team goes, so I joined back in January as the marketing and partnerships lead. But the core team, it's uh, three like Chinese engineers in Silicon Valley who were friends. They played like video games together and talked <laughs> talked about crypto and DeFi. Um, Two of them were engineers on the same team at Google, um, the, the two CTOs. Um, and the CEO uh, most recently was at Amazon, but he in the past was at Netflix and also at one point in time was running his own like Bitcoin mining company. 
uh, that shut down after a while. Um, TLDR, electricity is not that cheap in California. But um, yeah, so they, I think literally they were like, would play video games together on the weekend at some point, started talking about DeFi stuff and uh, sort of identified this delta neutral strategy. And we were like, well, we could automate this. And, you know, there's ways to do this in a manner that make it relatively safe um, as well as scalable. Um, and sustainable and yeah that's where we're at now we will eventually be cross-chain um, very shortly we'll have some news coming out there about avalanche USDC. Um, but yeah the long-term vision for aperture is the marketplace you one click into a complex strategy and the strategy might live on terra it might live on solana it might live on ethereum um, but for the end user you know it's kind of the same experience you'll show up with stable coins from whatever layer one of your choosing, and you'll be able to, to one click into the strategy, and Aperture will bridge um, bridge your stable coins over if needed, or if you're showing up with that native stable coin for that strategy, no bridge will be involved. Um, yeah, and then in the future, you know, we'd like to open this up so it's not just our core team building out these strategies, but to have like you know the DAO that'll eventually be set up allow for like community members to come in and the same way you might like sell stuff on Amazon as a third party seller. Like you could come and you have a good strategy and the, the community likes it. They could all vote to bring it in and we would take care of auditing it and making sure the strategy is robust and the person who, who brought that along would, you know, be rewarded. They would get, you know, a rev share of the fees we take. Yeah, that's my general aperture spiel. That's a good, solid aperture spiel to start the uh, conversation with there. And so, you know, I had a little laugh in the middle of that. You said everyone was uh, meeting through gaming and things of that nature. And I think there's someone, is it you, Big David? I might get you to just mute yourself there. There we go. I've just muted you. Done. Um, just because there's a bit of an echo. Uh, same thing with uh, Orbital Command. Gamers, gamers who have shared interests decide that they want to get involved in some sort of project uh, that is crypto related. So definitely some uh, some similarities there. But ultimately, what you're saying here is that Aperture, you know, it aims to be a well, it is a marketplace that offers you know automated strategies, automated strategies that enable people to, with one click, uh, get into a position which is a delta neutral position, which is essentially a very low risk strategy. Um, and they don't need to know necessarily the tech going on behind the scenes. They can just click a button, deposit their UST, um, and then all the work is done for them on the back end. Um, and then they're able to reap the rewards of the APR over time. That is the summary. Um, I know that one of the features of what you do, and you, you did allude to it briefly. Um, well, actually, no, you didn't. Sorry. But I will ask a question around it. Is the short farm liquidation protection that you do have, I personally am curious to know specifically how that actually works. Can you divulge a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, happy to. Um, and this is interesting and just kind of like a sidebar. Um, I was in like the mirror discord yesterday and saw there was a lot of like really salty um, you know, DGENs in there who rightfully so were salty because there was a proposal passed that changed the 
uh, minimum collateral ratio for the Coca-Cola, the synthetic Coke stock. Um, and they just like haven't been paying attention to the governance proposals and they got liquidated because it went from 110% to 130%. Um, this is obviously something Aperture is on top of. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about how our liquidation protection works. Um, so essentially, when you set up a position on Mirror, like if you're minting an asset, aka shorting it, um, for most assets, you have to choose 150% minimum collateral ratio. There are a few exceptions to that, like MCO, the Coca-Cola stock, because I guess the community thought these were theoretically lower risk assets with less volatility. Um, however, I don't think we can really say that about any asset because it's, you're talking about the stock market and things can change at any point in time. Um, but anyways, so the, the minimum is 150%. Um, Aperture, we require a minimum of 200%. So there's already a buffer built into what um, even Mirror would offer you. Um, but then beyond that, I, the kind of default we have is like 270%. Like if you, when you're setting up a position, there's a slider and that slider will default at 270. But anyway, so essentially um, what happens, so even if you choose a 200% target collateral ratio is what we call it, keyword target, because we do allow it to float a little bit. Um, I'll talk about why that's important. But essentially, you know, so if you set a 200% target collateral ratio, um, our, the way our controller is set up, and the controller runs on AWS and it checks every five minutes across all of the positions to see if these TCRs for any position have deviated from the, the set amount the user chose. And if it goes plus or minus 20%, um, we'll make an adjustment. And obviously this is more important um, when it goes into the minus because that means you're getting closer to like a potential margin call. Um, and of course, uh, adjusting the position, you know, incurs some fees. I think Aperture currently we eat the gas that is required to adjust the position. But essentially, right, like, you know, if you're too short, we'll you know, we'll adjust it so that you're back to delta neutral. Same thing if you're overly long on the delta neutral equation, we'll adjust, sell things off and rebalance automatically to bring you back to that threshold. But just as an example, like you could go to minus like 19% off your target collateral ratio. So if you had chosen 200, you could go to 181% collateral ratio. We wouldn't do anything. Um, and that's important because you do like see a little APR dip um, on the days where a rebalance is triggered. So like for all the Twitter people last week, we had rebalances triggered on a lot of positions. No one got liquidated, but um, we did have to rebalance a lot of positions. And obviously that incurs like an APR hit on the day that happens. Of course, that's something that would, you know, those are fees you'd have to eat if you were doing this manually yourself. Um, it's certainly worthwhile. But yeah, that's kind of the gist of how the liquidation protection works. Of course, you know, it's also going to adjust the long farm. Um, I think it's, I'd have to double check 
and our docks, but I think the long farm, we have like a slight, uh, it's like a 3% tolerance before we'll adjust um, to kind of keep our permanent loss from getting too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's just how it works. And both of the things are being monitored, you know, multiple times an hour. Yeah, fantastic. And so, you know, with that being said, what I'm what I'm curious to know is actually like, obviously you've got the safeguards in place. That's all good and well. You've got a. I'm trying to mute you there again. Make David real quick. Yeah, the mic. Cool. Um, you've got the safeguards there in place to make this as you know risk. Mm, not well, risk free is probably not possible, but as risk free as possible. Um, but who's it for? Like, who's the user? Obviously. You know, I know that you have the two thousand dollar minimum to use the the platform itself at the moment. Um, oh, and I'd love you to riff on that a little bit too, just about uh, the reasons why there there is a two thousand dollar minimum. But if you're talking about long term strategies that ultimately do end up outperforming uh, Anchor, because I did read that thread actually, I read the thread by the calculator guy, uh, and it was saying something to the effect of, you know, I think it took took like thirty to forty days or something before it was outperforming. Uh, anchor, and then of course, long term, it, it outperforms it by by a bit. Um, you know, is this for people who are new to crypto? Is this new? Is this for people who have uh, been around for a while? Is this for people who have you know a hundred thousand in the bank versus you know one thousand? Well, one thousand obviously wouldn't work with a two thousand minimum, but please do do tell. Yeah, this is a great question. This is kind of the one thing that's like squarely on my plate is figuring out the sort of like total addressable market for this strategy and you know who are the demographic types that are going to make up people wanting this type of um, strategy. And I think what we've noticed so far is that there's a lot of whales that have piled into these positions. Um, you know, as we're tracking in our dashboard, a lot of the TVL that we're in the last I checked this morning is like 85 million TVL. Um, over 50% of that is coming from people who've done positions, single positions over 100K. So we're not even like tracking wallets. Like, you know, wallets could string together, you know, hundreds of 20K positions or whatever. Um, meaning it could be slightly. There could be even more of like a whale effect here than we realized, but basically vast majority of the TVL is coming from these large position holders. And from what we can tell, um, you know, just based on my, like the Twitter inbox and people who are emailing us, there's a lot of like, what I would call this like uh, super progressive traditional finance web three crypto crossover asset manager types who are using anchor earn to generate DeFi yield and like were aware of this delta neutral strategy or somehow became aware of aperture and have decided to put in like a large chunk of money into the protocol um and that kind of jives i think with a lot of high level trends in DeFi is that we think there is a lot of like traditional finance money that's going to be flowing in, trickling slowly over the next, you know, couple of months. And then I think in the next like 18 months to two years, we'll see like really large inflows coming from traditional finance asset managers. But yeah, I would say that's 
one group that's definitely having a big impact on our TVL, but also lots of like, you know, relatively savvy retail investors, I think, who already have decent sized positions and more aware of the Delta Nutrition strategy. Um, they've obviously piled in and, and, and great force as well. So um, I don't think we're at the point where we can say we're like on ramping people into DeFi. But I think that's something Aperture would like to get more of a, a foothold in in the future is, you know, making our platform, positioning it in a way that the UI is intuitive enough and someone like a normie new to the space could reasonably assess the risk profile of doing anything on Aperture's website and, and could make, you know, deposit some stable coin into the protocol with relative ease. Um, so yeah, that's coming, you know, hopefully in the future we'll, we'll get more and more friendly to that crowd. But I would say right now the core focus is really anyone who wants to beat their anchor earn yield and doesn't want to like spend all day monitoring a collateralized debt position to see if it's like at risk of liquidation. Um, or deal with like auto compounding rewards tokens or any of that stuff. So, yeah, I think that's kind of high level who who this is for currently and where we're going in the future. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing because you've got obviously we're talking about uh, well synthetic versions of traditional assets that people in TradFi are very familiar with, and so for them for them they're looking at it going okay well. I already understand this space. Uh, you know, I understand shorting and maybe things like uh, just delta neutral positions and strategies and things of that nature. So for them, it's like, well, if I can have all of those benefits wrapped into one little, you know, present with a bow on it, and then just click a button and, and then be getting my thirty percent plus APR, um, that's a, it's a real no brainer move, particularly if they've got large uh, amounts of capital to to allocate to it. And so that's that's sort of what I look at too. I'm like, okay, well. You know, if I was going to use this, would it be worth my while if I if I had a small bag? If I had a small bag and say it was two thousand was my limit, um, and I wanted to get involved, it's like, well, yes, there's returns there which are going to outperform having it sitting in your banks, having it sitting, uh, you know, in typical uh, index funds and things of that nature. But it's like, uh, yeah, for the real returns, if you've got small amounts, and this is. You know, I, this is what I did a lot of last year. It's just sort of going, living that DGEN life and going into high APR farms and doing that. Um, but I, I feel like for me personally, it's like a, a diversification tool once you've got some cash or once you've got some, uh, a large chunk of capital. It's like, okay, well, I just want to park this in a relatively safe way, um, you know, and have that earning. If you've got 100K sitting there, you know, it's 30K. It's not a bad, it's not a bad little... Um, obviously, depending on the on the vault that you're in, but that's not a bad little packet to be earning uh, passively, you know, throughout the course of the year. So, um, I agree with everything you said. I think it is going to become a bit of a whales uh, a whale space, probably at least for a while, and perhaps down the track we can uh, find ways to incentivize and, and encourage new users to, to come to the space. Anything that's one click is really attractive. You know, that's things like uh, what you've got. Obviously, you've uh, Apollo Dow. You'd know those guys. Their vaults, one click. You've got Spec, which obviously you're integrated with. So, actually, let's talk about that. Spec and Mirror, you are working, uh, you've got both of those running 
uh, on the back end. Is that a fair assessment or have I, am I missing something there? Yeah. So for spec, I'm, I'm not going to comment on that because I'm going to butcher the explanation. We're not doing like, if I'm understanding correctly, we're not like directly depositing through what is like the equivalent of the spec front end. I think we are doing something more of like a back end type integration of spec, but um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure I can, if anyone really wants to know the answer to that, they can pop into our Discord and one of the elite devs will be happy to explain how that integration works. And then, yeah, I mean, with Mirror, that's like written into the smart contracts as the, the, the way we are interacting with Mirror's protocol. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to have a chat with the devs at some point because there's a few questions I had just around when you're when you've built out a protocol that is working with or integrated with, uh, you know, spec, mirror, other protocols, their contracts, etc. It's like, as far as the auditing process goes, you know, does that make it more challenging? Does it make it easier? Is it, you know, because the codes already often being checked uh, and audited for those protocols? Like, does that make it more cost effective for you? Like, how does that work as far as that is concerned, if, if you know? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I don't know that I read the audit report in that degree of detail to see how exactly they consider the risk of other protocols or if like the scope of the audit is just to like the specific, the two smart contracts we have operating these positions and like can those contracts, do those contracts have any vulnerabilities? <laughs> Um, I will say like, so <laughs> the initial audit we had for the, you know, the version of the platform people are using now, um, that audit was actually done in tandem with the anchor team. Um, so it's kind of like bundled together as they, you know, we were working closely with anchor to help them out with some, some bridging solutions. And, um, I think they were, you know, they had a new piece of code that needed auditing. We were like kind of looped in together. So Oak. Um, who did that first audit, you know, they've obviously audited anchors, you know, pieces of their protocol as well. Um, I'm not sure if they had done one for Mirror though, but possible. Yeah, does that, I guess does that answer the question? Yeah, I, I guess as, as best we can at the moment for, you know, based on kind of the information that we have at our, at our fingertips here. But um, yes, I was... Uh, I was just, as you were talking, I was just sort of scrolling through some of the questions that I'd already prepared. And I'm looking at the time and I'm thinking, okay, cool. It's 6.30. What I might do here is ask, I've got two questions, which I think are, well, they're probably the most pressing ones for me. Then I might pass the mic over to Rebel and see if he's got some questions and then we'll open the floor up for some people here. But uh, just recently on the Twitter, you, or Aperture put forward a tweet saying, you know, what is the best ticker option for a hypothetical future uh, Aperture token? And so obviously getting people to uh, decide or at least conduct a poll on, answer a poll on what the best ticker symbol would be. Obviously, hypotheticals in quota, air quotation marks there. And so well, I'm doing the air quotation marks with my fingers as we talk. Um, but if and when you had a hypothetical Aperture token, when might that look like and what you know what would be the value capture of it what would be do you have some ideas around what the plans for the token would be what its value accrual mechanism might be yeah yeah and you <laughs> rightfully picked up that the quotations were kind of like uh being a little bit cheeky yes we will launch a token that's going to happen um 
or else the VCs will be very upset. But um, in terms of tokenomics for the Aperture token, so this is something we actually don't have. Um, this is not set in stone yet, and it's something we're like talking about internally. Um, some things that are obviously going to be included is governance. So as I mentioned earlier, if a third-party strategy maker, some you know single own wolf dev has some great strategy and they want to you know leverage Aperture's platform as a way of like getting eyeballs and TDL into that strategy instead of building something themselves. You know, we would have it set up, you know, to people can vote to have that strategy included or not. Um, other things the government will have access to is um, all the proceeds. So Aperture, we charge a 10% performance fee on your gains. So you invest $10,000, you make $3,000 at the end of the year. We take 10% of the $3,000. Um, and all those like performance fees would be, you know, it's possible that through a governance proposal, people could decide if they want to maybe those out as like a, a dividend to everyone holding the Aperture tokens, or use those performance fees to like buy back and burn Aperture tokens. Um, so kind of similar to the way you know like a traditional board governance would work at a like a large cap company that's, that's turning a profit and they can decide how to use extra cash to, you know, incentivize token value or pump it back into R&D. Um, so those are some governance-related options. Additionally, things we've been considering are, like, um, if you hold a certain amount of tokens, you'll unlock certain strat if you're staking a certain amount of tokens you'll you'll unlock access to like VIP strategies and we might have tiers of this like you know at a certain tier you get you know you get access to some strategies and if you're staking even more then you get access to even more exclusive strategies. But yeah this is basically a way to offer some more like high APR type strategies that might not scale as much. And what I mean by scale is like at what level of TDL does the APR start to like materially decrease? Um, and that's something, you know, as we're building kind of any like bread and butter strategy that lives in this invest plus section, like the Delta neutral strategy, we want to make sure that this strategy has more than a hundred million of TDL worth of runway or else from our perspective, it's probably not worth building if it's, you know, not going to hold a decent amount of TDL. However, if it's something that, say, maybe it has a short shelf life, it's not a long-term strategy that'll that'll last forever, and it's not going to hold a lot of TDL. But in the next three months, it'll give like 120% APR. This is just, you know made up example. That's something that we might put into one of these like VIP strategy buckets, and only those who are staking X amount of the aperture token might have access to. Um, and then another thing we're obviously considering is just like if you stake a certain amount of the aperture token, you might get a discount on some portion of the performance fees. Um, and same thing for the the future like cross chain fees that we might have. We will you know eventually support all major stable coins from various layer ones. 
Um, and cooked into that one click will be um, the bridging component when there'll be a small fee that we charge to bridge the assets for you. And that's something that could also be um, reduced or completely erased if you're staking a certain amount of the aperture token. Yeah, I like that. That seems all quite well thought out. Obviously, you've just mentioned uh, governance rights, uh, buyback burns. You've got um, a, you know, capturing the fees, so a portion of the 10% fees distributed to the holders of the tokens, um, access to premium level uh, or premium, premium tier vaults, uh, and also discounts on uh, performance fees as well. And so, that all actually sounds quite well thought out. And my next question, obviously, is when token? <laughs> yeah. Um, we are, we initially had like said we were targeting the end of June. However, that's obviously contingent upon like lots of dev work that has to happen to launch a token, as well as like the partnership piece of securing. Um, you know, a good platform to IDO and then, you know, Vanity providers on DEXs after that. So we're saying end of June, but of course, you know, I would say that's maybe an aggressive target date, but we'll see. Okay, so we'll say June tentatively. Uh, people get excited, but don't get too excited. <laughs> um what I'll do is I'm going to pass this over to Rebel here for a sec and just I'm sure that he's got some, he's a, he's a bit of a mirror man, so I bet he's got some questions uh, for you there, McDavid. Hi, McDavid. Hi, everyone else on the call. Um, I, I think it's about time we start bringing some people up. Uh, so if you've got a question for McDavid about Aperture, raise your hand, we'll get you up. I mean, in the meantime, I can certainly ask a few questions. Um, I've, McDavid, I've got a little YouTube channel. I don't know if you've ever seen my videos, but like, I don't know. Aperture's going to like it's gonna, you're you're killing me. You're killing me. Like I, I do these little explainer videos of different strategies, and now you're just coming in there going, "You don't need an explainer. Just just deposit some UST. We've got you covered." Um, right. It looks like we've got someone up. Oh, oh, contraire. There's lots of people that still have questions about how it works. So I don't think uh, that educational content <laughs> needs going away anytime soon. One hundred percent. Okay. Cool. Thanks for that vote of support. We'll just see who we've got. Um, Shant, Shantfin. Right, we'll bring you up, Shantfin. All right, I think Shantfin might have... Oh, no, there they are. Go for your life there, Shantfin. Yes, thank you. Good evening, everyone. Um, I have a question about uh, safety. Is it, uh, is it um, like uh, the same safety degree as uh, Anchor Protocol with uh, hackings and that, that kind of stuff? Um, is the question about, like, vulnerability to exploits and hacks and how does that compare to say anchor yes I'm not understanding that correctly yeah. um so i will say like you know there is a degree of exposure to anchor and mirror in general that's just you know the nature of this strategy um in terms of like the two like the two smart contracts that are executing this strategy um the code for that is closed source. And the reason for that is lots of protocols have said they were going to automate the Delta neutral strategy. I'm not going to name names here, but there's been more than two. And no one has really fully pulled it off to the degree that we have. And that's because it's like really 
hard and complicated to build. There's a lot of algorithms you need to set this up and fully automate it, um, including the maintenance. So as a result of that, we don't want people like forking our code. And I will say like, I mean, I'm not a developer by training, so people might have strong opinions on this, but we are kind of of the opinion that this gives us a little bit of added security in some ways. The auditors have looked at the code and they've signed off on it. But it keeps anyone else from like having access to the code and trying to figure out some way to, uh, you know, exploit it. But generally speaking, um, I would say these decisions are also relatively safe because they're individual positions, i.e. it's not like a large pool of M Netflix Delta neutral holders all coming together for one position. It's each indiv individual person gets their own position. Um, that's one of the reasons there's a 2000 USD minimum, but yeah, I guess that's kind of the high level overview. Does that answer your question? Yes. Thank you. And is it also possible to, uh, have some insurance like anchor protocol? Yeah. 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 So I actually started um, working on that this week. Um, I mean, this is kind of inside baseball, but yeah, we're sort of high level reaching out to all the major insurance providers um, and seeing like kind of what our options look like. But yeah, this is definitely something that we've heard community feedback on and, and we want to bring this to the protocol as soon as possible. Okay, thank you. Thanks, thanks for thanks your for contribution, Shantan. Um, I'll just go with a quick question if that's all right, McDavid. No one else has come up yet. But um, are, are these the premiums on Mirror, are they causing an issue at all? for Aperture? <laughs> uh, directly, no. Um, the the core Delta neutral strategy on Mirror is kind of, doesn't really care about premiums or discounts. Because um, the way it's set up, it, it, it's hard to like explain the math out loud verbally. But in essence, no. Like when you close out the position, you will have the equal amount of M asset long and M asset short, and it cancels out in such a manner that there's you're not really exposed to the premium at all. Um, however, uh, like there is a governance proposal right now in Mirror to change the potential allocation of the short farm rewards. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Mirror, like each uh, asset has like a, a set allocation of Mirror tokens. And those tokens get split based on this algorithm of like essentially pegged to the premium or discount. The algorithm will decide like how much rewards emissions goes to the short farm versus the long farm. I think currently the short farm is capped at forty percent of the token pool, and there's this proposal to increase it to a hundred percent. And this proposal is a direct reaction to. Uh, the premium problem. It's mostly a premium problem. There aren't many assets that consistently trade at a discount from my like short time monitoring mirror. Um, yeah, apart par from Coca-Cola, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and of course, this would affect the strategy um, like in the short term, as you would see some assets like potentially the short farm reward APR would go down or sorry, the long farm APR would go down 
as all the mirror tokens go away and it all goes to the short farm. And theoretically, if it works, then all the assets would start to trade closer to a 0% premium or discount, and then things would kind of balance out. However, if that doesn't happen, you could potentially see APRs impacted long-term as uh, there's nothing in the long farm potentially for some of these assets that are trading at a premium. But yeah, I mean, I'm curious to hear if any of the, the Orbital team has thoughts on how to fix this problem at Mirror. I know this is a hot topic over there, and it's not something I'm necessarily an expert on, but it's definitely been fascinating to follow because it doesn't seem like there is a solid proposal to fix this. Even this one that's being proposed right now, I think the author like caveats it <laughs> in the proposal pitch that like this might not work, but we should at least try it and get the data. So, so essentially, removing all rewards from long farming. Well, that, <laughs> I suppose that would would have an effect of yeah, cutting down the amount of people who want to buy stuff. I mean. Can you maybe just, like, I'm a bit of a noob. Um, would you be able to, I mean, I've not used Aperture yet. Um, so that's kind of, I've not been on your Discord. So this may well be like Aperture 101. But just to get it straight in my head, imagine I, I'm coming in, I've got $10,000. I'm thinking I want to just, I'm happy to lock this up for a year or two. Can you sort of talk through the mechanism? I'm just looking at, um, which one was it? The ETH. The ETH farm is saying APR 37.7%, delta neutral M ETH. So I've got my $10,000. I'm attracted to this one. What, what happens to my $10,000 when I put in Aperture? Um, not investment advice, but I would not choose, or I would not heavily allocate towards a synthetic coin strategy. Um, and a little bit of backstory on M ETH. Uh, in ETH, like when we first launched, that strategy was like 25% APR. And then uh, I think it was the first weekend we went fully live and dropped the password. Some whale put in like an 800K position into the METH pool. And because there was not enough liquidity uh, on the long farm side, it ended up like driving up the TerraSwap trade fees a bunch. And all of a sudden, that pool became like really attractive looking. Like The APR for the whole strategy shot up to 80%. And then a bunch of people piled in <laughs> and, and followed on after that happened. Um, and since, it's, you know, since then, kind of like dropped to a more reasonable level. But the reason we don't... like I personally would not... Well, first of all, if I had any, you know, if I was allocating, I would use the same principle you use when like picking stocks in general is to diversify. And you don't really care about which way the assets trade, but you do care about like the degree of volatility that happens. So if a stock goes down a bunch, goes up, goes down, goes up, that triggers a lot of rebalances. And those rebalances all have like little fees that are going to eat into the overall uh, APR performance for the strategy. Um, and obviously crypto assets are, you know, incredibly volatile, so there's a greater chance that those will see, um, some APR slippage that occurs when those redoubtances happen. 100%. But, yeah. 
I said, I think I said ME because I watched, um, you know, Toby from Yield Labs. He did one on ME and he was talking about the 80% APR. So maybe maybe that's why I said ME just now. Um, forget ME then. I'm thinking electric cars. NEO, I think they're an electric car producer. Um, could be way off base there. But we're looking at NEO then. So a lot less volatile than ETH. Imagine there's not going to be much rebalancing. Their APR is saying 33.76. So a similar kind of APR. Um, so I've got my 10,000. I'm going to go all in on one thing. Can you tell me like what happens? Yeah, I mean, you would literally just click invest. You would first choose the degree of collateral, the target collateral ratio you want. Um, okay, so we get to choose like how risky we want to be within yeah, Aperture. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I cool. Like, I wouldn't. I am not looking at it. I'm not at my computer right now, but I think if you choose like the middle of the road, the two seventy percent, like let's say if that gives you thirty five percent APR, if you took it all the way down to two hundred percent, the lowest option, that might give you like thirty six and a half or thirty seven percent. So it's not a huge, huge difference, but it's definitely um, yeah. Okay, so it, yeah, the slider starts on two seventy. So is that the sort of it says default? Is that the obviously Aperture doesn't give financial advice, but is that typically what people would go for? Or I mean, as yeah. soon as you move it down one percent it turns orange so I, I mean whatever i'm doing i don't like seeing the color change i like to be in the green so yeah, um, yeah 270 I, I think you know a lot of people will take it to the minimum 200 percent. like if they've been doing the delta natural strategy on their own they're kind of familiar with what the risks are and understanding apertures approach they it seems like a good people don't have any issue with doing the minimum um, and in reality, like, you know, also when you move that slider around, you'll see it says the price of like M stonk needs to move by X percent in order for you to get flagged for liquidation. Um, and that flag means you're within 5% of the minimum. Exactly. And you so see I mean, something crazy, like 80%. And so you have to imagine like, a tr- you know, like Coinbase stock or Apple stock would have to move 80% in five minutes, which is just wild. And it's like almost, there's almost like if that actually happens, there's probably some bigger problem in the world than your <laughs> DeFi holdings. Um, but it's not impossible to say that there's some like error in Oracle pricing that could cause that to happen. Um, we haven't seen an issue with that yet, but uh, yeah, that's just kind of our thinking there. Okay, so this this flagged for liquidation thing, I'll just see if anyone else is coming up. Guys, I'm just talking here, so come on. If you've got a question, come on up. Um, yeah, but this, this flagged for liquidation, like uh, Aperture provides liquidation protection, I'm assuming. So like, would that mean that our holdings would be rebalanced and then our APR would go down? Is that what happens? Yeah, exactly. We would sell off some of the long positions and reallocate it to the short side to 
bring me back to the target collateral ratio. Cool. I've got you there. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just looking at the delta neutral, I'm, I'm just, I, I think basically I just need to do some of my own research on how Aperture actually works rather than just asking you noob questions all evening. Um, guys, anyone, I think um, Dr. Doscoin asked at the start, but yeah, if you want to give us a sign, an emoji, let us know if you're using Aperture already. Purple yeah, heart would be good if out there have a strategy they would like to see automated that they've been doing manually on their own, we are always uh, looking for the next strategy to add to the platform. So if anyone has any anything they're sick of doing manually or don't want to bother doing manually that they think has good yield potential, feel free to raise your hand. That's an interesting question. I mean, one thing I'm doing on Mirror is I'm using, rather than just using UST or AUST, I've got like some MBTC and I'm using that to like short against is is like introducing other assets that we could use something sort of on the horizon. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's interesting. Um yeah, we've been look we get a lot of requests for AUST, which um I, I think if you really understand the strategy, you realize there's no point and us offering that because we have to sell some of that to regular USD and then two thirds of it would end up back in anchor anyways. Um, so I don't think we'll end up adding that one, but we have also looked into like, uh, staters, like liquid staking. We're not looking to act. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. We've, we've looked into that as well, but, um, I think what we're really most interested in is offering something like totally outside of the Terra space, like something on Avalanche or something on Solana. Um, so if anyone has any ideas in that regard, happy to hear you out. We've got a very, very quiet crowd tonight, it seems, David. Um, Personally, I, I'm I'm like a Terra Maxi at this stage, so I'm not really doing anything on any other chains. But like, are, are you suggesting that, say, there was going to be something on Solana, for argument's sake, you could potentially have a Solana strategy, and imagine it's at like fifty-five percent APR, and I'm like, oh, kind of interested, but I'm not going to bother going to Solana myself. Could I come in with some UST? And then you would deal with all of that for me. So I'd essentially have a Solana position, but using UST on Terra to get that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and also, like, vice versa, bringing people from Solana into the Delta neutral positions. Um, and I think this is kind of why Doquan likes. Well, he's an investor in our platform, but one of the reasons he's also been vocal about pushing us is that, you know, we have the potential to, through means of yield chasing, to, like, onboard, you know, Avalanche Maxis or Solana Maxis onto um, Terra via this, like, Delta Neutral strategy and other Terra strategies we'll build out in the future. Sure. I mean, listen, I'm about... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a complete believer in cross-chain future, 
but that doesn't mean I have to use other platforms. In, in my in my opinion, right? We've got someone coming up with a question or comment. Let's see. It's Jason. Jason, I'm just bringing you up. This may well be our last question. Actually, we're getting close to our kind of our time. Jason, you are up. Hi, thanks a lot. Um, great to have a chance to have a listen into the conversation. Um, yeah, I've been doing the strategy. Well, first of all, for uh, Rebel, I've been doing the Loop um, Silver since I watched your video in January. And yeah, I've had some great returns just waiting for the uh, silver price to drop a little bit more. Um, in terms of, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it looks good. It just need, I, I just needed to get to that point where I can uh, get the funds back. Um, in terms of the um, aperture I've been doing, I opened a couple of positions when it became available to the general public. Um, so I'm 15 days into it. Um, I haven't seen any change in the APR after the, you know, the, um, you know, we would expect it to go up. It's, it's sort of maintained the same. So I'm just wondering what happens at the end of 14 days. The second question is, um, what's the thoughts or what's the, um, how will the strategies change if anchor yield starts to slowly decrease as it's, I've seen it proposed that it's going to go to potentially 1.5% per month. So that's my question. Thank you. Yeah, um, Jason, so I guess I don't know which uh, um, asset of neutral strategies you chose, but um, yeah, I mean, basically, as you know, like, it takes, oh, go ahead. Yes, sorry, I just want to say, I, I, <laughs> I fell into the trap of the, of the MEth. Um, I give it a shot, and I did Twitter and Coca-Cola, kind of equal um equal allocation of both of all of those hmm. yeah um so it takes two weeks for the long form to set up once we get the you know the proceeds from the short sale we'll start start long farming um if you're not seeing like an increase in apr it's likely because well there's a lot of factors that contribute to this but like the you know but given APR for the long farm, um, which is mostly driven by TerraSwap trade fees, um, that could have changed or something could have gone on there. Also, you could have had a rebalance that needed to happen within those 15 days, which would impact the APR. Um, yeah, if you go into our Discord and like send a screenshot, the, the mods or myself would be happy to kind of look into for your specific position what, what happened. Um, yeah, yeah, and then in the future we will have like we have a PhD who's onboarding who's going to do like a more complex act test uh, mm-hmm. to get like some real world APR performance based on the way our smart contract algorithms are written. We could you know look at all the real world data and see like, or if a strategy opened up in November of two thousand twenty one. Like, what would the actual returns be given the actual price of Mir, the actual price of spec, um, the actual movement of that M asset, and like all the rebalances that were triggered? Like, calculate all that in and see what the actual APR would be. Um, as you can imagine, it's like quite complex. And the only thing we're able to offer right now is the spot APR. Uh-huh. Cool. Is that questions there, Jason? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, the second part of the question was um, the second part was what is there a strategy or what's the anticipation if the 
anchor yield were to systematically decrease as it was proposed you know, um, 1.5% per month? Yeah, so that's also a great question. Um, I think that's ultimately something that will be more of a benefit to Aperture than a hindrance, just from a TVL perspective. And the reason is, if you're comparing Anchor and Aperture side by side, um, Aperture is essentially like, like if you put, you could put $900 into Anchor Earn, or you could put $900 into Aperture and effectively have like a leverage position equal to like $1,500. And within that leverage position, 600 out of the 1500 would be in Anchor Earn. So like roughly slightly less than half of the APR is exposed to the Anchor Earn rate. Um, so we would obviously still have a higher APR than Anchor Earn. Um, it would bring down the overall APR a little bit, but not it would not be a super material drop. And so our theory here is that at some point, you know, for each basis point decrease in the anchor earn rate, there will be some percentage of uh, TVL that will leave anchor earn. And we're hoping that, like, we can even, like, catch half a percent of that TVL that leaves for each, like, basis point drop. Um, that's kind of how we're viewing Anchor Earn drops strategically as a platform. And then, the you know, for the specific Delta Neutral strategies, there's not as much exposure to the Anchor Earn rate as you might think. Thank you. Love that. What a great question to wrap up on there, Jason. And that, uh, that leaves me feeling, uh, yeah, overall bullish about the future of Aperture. So, McDavid, really appreciate having you on the call today. Just want to check in before we wrap this up. Is there anything that you want to say, any last words that have not been said or anywhere that you want to point people as far as uh, where they can get in contact and use Aperture? Um, we're hiring engineers, developers, and a product manager. Um, so if anyone out there is interested in working with Aperture, either full-time or part-time, um, please shoot us the email hiring at aperture.finance or, or DMS on Twitter. Um, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having me. Mate, absolutely appreciate your time. It's been an absolute pleasure and looking forward to, uh, we didn't even talk about uh, you guys coming over to uh, party with us in the States, but I'm um, looking forward to doing that with you in six, seven weeks time. Yeah. See you in Texas. See you, mate. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Orbital Command Alpha Hour with Aperture Finance, hosted by Dr. Doscoin and Rebel DeFi. Recorded on Friday, April 22nd, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep your hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Razor beam focused, star scream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last stand matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with the dead man's swagger. Sitting in a little den 
vision in the middle man Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubba Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next bubba Dan envision in the middle men Listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the bird Gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop Ride off the work while you try on the worst juice Blinded by perps who try to reverse truth Slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you Eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis Mock up a basement could call me resilient Waiting for the internet to make me a billion In the middle men, listen to the fiddle man Play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze, trying to make the next B-b-b-billion Channel Spaces